0: welcome to Bubbly Bibbly, the podcast about books and
1: bubbles, literature and libations, authors and alcohol. We love books and bubbly. We are friends who offer a curated book review section on our website and a hilarious podcast. We discuss books, drinks, and stories from our lives. I'm Rachel. And I am Carmen.
0: If there is one thing, Rachel, that's become very clear to me in the last, oh, let's say five or so years is the fact that people do not like to be told what they have to do or what they cannot do.
1: Uh, yes, this is America. You know, we have <laughs> rebel blood.
0: <laughs> I think I first realized it just to this great extent. Um, when the Confederate flag started being criticized and being removed from public places, especially you and I living in Alabama,
1: yeah, um, yeah, it's a It's on every corner, practically.
0: Yes. And I was really shocked at the number of people who have never given the Confederate flag a second thought, but then went out and bought multiple reproductions of this flag to keep. And I don't know if they did it because it was a piece of history or because, and this is what I think the truth is, they did not like to be told that they could no longer buy one.
1: And it's not just about breaking the rules. I see it as challenging other people's opinions, their world, world views, and living on your own set of rules. You know, just setting them and living by them.
0: Yes. And now, I, I just, I have to laugh because now we see people think that their civil rights are being violated if they have to wear a fucking mask.
1: <laughs> Rebellion is as old as time. And... Carmen and I are looking at you, Eve. I guess it's just (laughs) a human nature to want to be able to make our own decisions. And being a rebel
0: definitely has its benefits when we're talking about reading. Banned Books Week was in September, and I definitely wanted us to acknowledge it, Rachel.
1: Banned books are a great topic In this episode, Carmen and I are going to talk about some banned book titles and why being rebellious is exactly what challenged titles need.
0: So, Rachel, before we get into what we're reading and drinking, I've got to tell you you remember that episode where I blew my nose and and I, we were we were recording and it was so freaking loud. And Girl,
1: <laughs> do I remember? <laughs> yes.
0: Um, so my uh, my allergies are really acting up today, and I we're recording this. I've got a tissue in one hand and the tissue box in the other hand,
1: and um, bless your heart. I don't no, know. You know let me tell you, I live in Just a neighborhood mute your, full. Meet your mic. If you got a blow,
0: that's all. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I live in a neighborhood full of retirees and I swear to you, retired men, I'm on to you, retired men, retired men <laughs> to get away from their wives. They mow their damn grass.
1: Yeah. And I, all the time. I
0: swear to you, Someone is always mowing their grass. And I think these men mow their grass three times a week. Well, sure. Why not? Well, it's all up in my sinuses right now. So,
1: Okay, so what are you reading?
0: I am reading Colson Whitehead's first book, Sag Harbor. (gasps) And I'm not very far in, but the premise is that in 1985, a black family vacations in a place called Sag Harbor, which is a part of the Hamptons. And it's a place where a group of African Americans have developed kind of a vacation paradise for themselves. And I had to do a little research, which I love when a book does that. Um, I can confirm this is based on Whitehead's personal experiences when he was a teenager. As a matter of fact, developers tried to buy those lots, which were on the small side, to combine for these sprawling properties, but the owners banded together and had it added to the national register of historic places. So no changes can be made.
1: Um, There's a big, uh, they're flipping them the bird a lot right there. They're like, (laughs) Nope, you aren't touching this. Yes. yes.
0: And you know, I was so happy to see a cap put on grade because you know, More and more, everybody has a price. And just the fact that this community came together and said, uh, no, this is our heritage and we're keeping it this way. I love that.
1: Yeah. Well, I am reading a book called The Last Flight by Julie Julie Clark, and it's for my book club. And I just started reading it this week. But I got to tell you, it grabbed me super quick. And I'm reading it, sitting on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I read that.
0: I like it. Yeah, it was um, it was really fun, and it was a very fast read. Yeah, um, it's a good read. I am drinking. I I like to drink drinks with the theme that you know we're talking about I
1: do too. Yes. So I, uh, we're tonight- sorority girls. We. Hello.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So tonight I'm drinking a Che Revolution. And it was created in honor of um, Che Guevara. And he is like the rebel of all rebels. Um, Famous for his role in the Cuban Revolution. But it's got rum, pineapple juice, a little maple syrup, and then you muddle a mint leaf, and it is huh, that it's good. really interesting. It, it's very tropical.
1: I was gonna say, it's pretty sweet, and you were saying you were, you were dissing my dirty banana because it was sweet, and here you are drinking something with maple syrup in it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the 12-year-old <laughs> boy in me, too, giggles every time I hear you say dirty banana.
1: I know, right? That is so <laughs> sexual. I laughed too, every time I ordered one, and it was good, though. Well, <laughs> uh, I am drinking a drink called Rebel Yell. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> with a Rebel Yell. Oh, she said, yeah. Okay. So it's uh, whiskey, triple sec, lemon juice, and an egg white. And you shake it all up, and you pour it in, like, you know, an old-fashioned glass, and you garnish it with orange. And oh. it's delicious. That sounds good.
0: Now you garni- you put lemon juice in it, but you garnish it with an orange. With an orange. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does, um. You know, break the rules. And you are serving it in a like a
1: an a old fashioned.
0: Oh, an yeah. old fashioned. So is it
1: served over yeah. ice? I well, you you. I didn't. I'm just okay. drinking it straight. I'm drinking it straight up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know that
0: term. Um. Oh, it sounds pretty good. I might have to, uh, I might have to, you know, I need to add these recipes to our website because I've I really know, fallen down on that. On
1: I know. Yeah. We do. We'll update our cocktail section.
0: I have a friend named Scott who I met when we both worked at uh, the same company and we used to travel together. And, um, the only person that can drink more than I can that I've ever known is Scott. And, uh, Whoa. He, I know, <laughs> I know he's super cool. And, uh, he's got a beautiful wife named Tammy and two great kids, but, um, he's very pedantic and okay. especially when it comes to band books. And so, Since books in America are really no longer banned, I am, in honor of Scott, I'm going to call them challenged for this episode, um, because there are still a lot of titles that are challenged, but they're not, they aren't really
1: banned anymore in this country. I love that. The theme for this year's Banned Book Week was Books Unite Us, Censorship Divides Us. And while I appreciate that your friend Scott points out that banning books is no longer a norm in this country, this week is all about the freedom to read what we want to read, when we want to read it, and obtain it from wherever we want, uh, the Mm -hmm. library, our schools, whatever. Mm -hmm. If there's anything our listeners have learned from our attitudes toward the power of reading, it's that... It's a variety of subject matter and characters that provide a view into lives that are different from our own.
0: That is so true. Empathy, um, yes. and as a person who lives in a very small town where many people still believe that sexuality is a choice, I can tell mm-hmm. you how important it is for everyone to read stories that are different from their own. Straight people need to read about the lives and experiences and challenges of the L. Let me see if I can do this LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all need to know the culture, feelings, and commonalities that we have with one another with the emphasis on commonalities. Um, Correct. I agree. We are all different, but we are all very much the same. I agree.
1: Books and stories remind Mm -hmm. us of
0: that. Yes.
1: All people need to read about Black people, Indigenous people, Asian American, people from other heritage for far too long. I think mainstream literature focused on white American with other, other cultures on the periphery and maybe in many times in our stereotypical storyline, it was like a fairy tale, you know, white male, white female, they get together. In this Mm -hmm. last decade, though, we've seen more and more minority authors breaking into the bestseller list, which Mm -hmm. I love. Winning prized literary awards and providing an alternate voice to readers.
0: You know, I've been trying to spotlight authors that are a little off the beaten path in our newsletter, um, which, shout out to the newsletter, will be released uh, in the next few days.
1: Yay! But getting back to the notion of banned books being a Perfect for Rebels. Tell me more about this. Why the two are connected, Carmen?
0: Well, Rachel, any <laughs> preschool teacher knows, and not that I'm a preschool teacher, uh, but any preschool teacher would will know that you don't tell a child what not to do. Instead, you tell them what you want them to do. So instead of don't put that toy in your mouth, it becomes something like, Can you hold the toy like this? And then don't hit your brother could become, show me how you can put your hands in your pockets, you know, and things like that. Because if you say don't, what
1: happens? Because if you tell someone they can't do something, that's all they can think about.
0: That's right. That's right. You've given them the idea, the thought, and the motivation, all wrapped up in a beautiful package, rebellious package. If someone tells (laughs) me they are pulling uh, a book from a reading list, or God forbid, a shelf, that book is now all I want to read. Uh, But in the uh, spirit of full disclosure, and this is going (laughs) to shock everyone out there, I am a very combative personality.
1: What? I I I don't see that, (laughs) Carmen. Well, we're going to put that combat on ice and get ready to talk some titles. Some of the books on this year's list have been on the list time and time again, which I'm very surprised. Speak by Laurie House Anderson was published in 1999. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper. Freaking Lee is on the list of most challenged books in 2020. It was published before we were born. It's still Mm -hmm. on the list after being read over and over and over since 1960.
0: And, you know, first of all, who still challenges that book? I mean, you know, I mean, good grief. But anyway, but what does that tell you? The fact that some books have been on the banned books list repeatedly for years and years. Why? Why are you still challenging these books, people, with everything going on these days? Killings, the environmental concerns, political turmoil, and a fucking pandemic. And there are still people who don't want their children to read a book like To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean,
1: come on, people. I think that many books have been banned or censored just because of misjudgment or misunderstanding about a book's content or the message or theme. I feel that each person should make their own judgment on a book. I've read statistics that many book challenges have come from people who have never even read the book. Mm -hmm. Hello? Yeah. they hear rumors about it they've listened to other people's opinion and then they make a completely ill informed decision yes yes and you know i am all for
0: parental policing um i told you once before i think i even said this in the podcast mm-hmm. In Cold Blood by Truman Capote was on a reading list in the fifth grade for my son, and I just didn't feel he was ready for that. So, you know, in that book, not only is there a graphic murder scene, but the interaction and developing relationship between the two prisoners and the writer, along with a very subtle homoerotic undertone I mm. think all of those are very compelling and necessary to the story. But I also think that they are, discuss. it's like a discussion for a more mature intellect than a 12-year-old.
1: And of course, these are also the kids who rip out hearts and spines of their enemies in a video game called Mortal Kombat or take headshots in the game Call of Duty. I did love some Mortal Kombat. I mean, really, it's good. Yeah, both of those are good <laughs> yes. games, by the way. <laughs> um, but
0: when a novel is written with such beautiful themes and really nuanced feeling and emotion, I I think it's respectful to both the reader and the author to save that material for a time when it, when it can really be processed and absorbed and understood by the reader that's why when you read books over and over again something different is going to speak to you in my mind for these really well-written literary treasures that we have Um, Mm -hmm. plus you know some of the themes that I would want to uh, that that you talk about I would want to talk with my kids myself and not leave the interpretation up to a person who really may have different um, ideas or maybe discriminatory. Or just different beliefs. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, an example of that is my kids in uh, high school had a sex education class, and their science teacher taught only abstinence because she was an evangelical conservative Christian, I was going to say right-wing, but I'll still say that because I think it stands. Um, But that's all she taught. That's all she taught them. And Mm -hmm. I I don't want a person with such a narrow perspective to talk to my kids about really adult and difficult themes that are in some Mm. of these books today. I want to talk about myself.
1: Right. The bottom line on the challenge list this year was less about the sexuality in the books and more about anti-police sentiment. There was more and more books published with those storylines that centered around police brutality and the people that took exception. And readers and some people took exception to that. So, like, The Hate You Give, that was on the list. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was just a lot. And, it, like, her uncle, the the character's uncle, was a police officer, so it really... It wasn't centered along the brutality of the police, but just their perception of what it was like to live in a, quote unquote, hood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah. And, you know, but I guarantee you, Rachel, that the people who took exception were middle to high income white people. Yeah.
1: The annual report from the American Library Association, it's titled The State of the Library, doesn't report on challenges on that granular of a level. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that most of the challenges in 2020 came from parents at about 50% and at public libraries, which was 43%.
0: Oh, you know, I still can't believe that anyone would actually ask someone to remove a book from the shelves of a public library. You know, librarians have to agonize from start to finish on the, on the, book buying process what to buy how many to buy you know now electronic copy hard copy so on right they don't just willy-nilly add these titles to
1: their shelves i know and these challengers may not realize that they when they challenge the availability of a title are forcing their views their opinions on everyone with a library card they're not only choosing to remove the book for themselves; they're asking the library to remove it for everyone yes. else. And i I truly don't think they realize yes. that the
0: the whole thing. And again, as if you can't tell, it just royally pisses me off. Um, I mean, if you want your kid to read only certain titles, that is your role as a parent, and I completely support that. But do not tell me what my children can and cannot read. That is my job. And when I called the teacher, the reading teacher in, uh, you know, junior high about In Cold Blood, I didn't ask her to remove it from the reading list. I merely asked if my son could read an alternate book.
1: Right. I I think that was the best way to go about it. And I can see through this computer screen that you're getting a little flushed. <laughs> so let's, let's switch gears a little. Ooh, ooh. You go get some ice for that hot head <laughs> and come back and tell me what you have read because that you were told you couldn't or shouldn't have okay, read Okay, Rachel. Ah!
0: <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, The first book uh, that I'm going to tell you I read because I was told that I couldn't or shouldn't is Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. I was in the sixth grade and my teacher told me that I was not old enough to read it. So I marched my I I marched my hot little sixth grade self straight to the library and checked that (laughs) bitch out. Um, And, you know, it's over a thousand pages and I loved it. And the librarian Yay. loved me, um, you know, because librarians love a reader, and you know, a reader starting so young and just enjoying things. So she started pointing out books to me that she thought I would like. Um, so that was my that's f- awesome. yeah, that was my first one. What about you?
1: Well, for me, it was the Harry Potter series, which was really quite recent. The Harry Potter series um,
0: is is the end all and be all for a lot of these questions for you.
1: Well, yes, for a lot of different yes. reasons, but but for here, we're we're in the South, we're in Alabama, and when these series came when they came out, there were a lot of parents who were hot about this because There was magic in there. There was witchcraft. There were curses and there were, you know, whatever. They had a magic wand. I don't know. Parents were not letting their children read these books. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Emma had read all the AR books in the elementary school. So her teacher told me to reach out to the middle school librarian, go over there and get her some books from the middle school. Oh, that's awesome. That is
0: awesome.
1: but, But I had to... I, discussing with the librarian over there, we had to be very careful because Emma was in third grade and you can't get a lot of books from the middle school for her, And I was going to have to be reading them with her, you know, to make sure. And the librarian was helping me and she decided the Harry Potter series was perfect for her because she could take her AR test on it. And, and I agreed. And for me, that just, It gave her and I something to really bond over, and she loved them, and she's been a reader her whole life, too, so...
0: You know, those Harry Potter books were AR gold, too. They were like 54 points per book. Did did she win the AR prize
1: every year? Yeah, she did, actually. (laughs) She did. It was between her and another student, so... Yeah. reading,
0: reading, uh, rebels. They are. Um, another one that I felt like I had to read was speak by Laurie Haas Anderson. You pointed that one out earlier. Um, yeah. this book is one of the most challenged books of 2020. And I read it because back when my sons were freshmen in high school, about 10 years ago, the book was on the summer reading list and a few of the parents challenged it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I had to read it so I could see what all the kerfuffle was about. And of
1: course... I love that word, by the way, kerfuffle.
0: In my own little way, <laughs> silently ridiculed the small-minded people uh, who tried to withhold this literature come knowledge Uh, In my little small hamlet, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, of course, there was a rape as part of the story. And I guess we can't talk about that because it never happens. And we don't need to indicate that it does or maybe. And teenage boys.
1: Right. And teenage boys don't need to know about it. Yeah.
0: And maybe we'll put somebody's, you know, an idea in somebody's head. You know, they're just freaking idiots.
1: (sighs) I agree. I am always surprised that Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck is still being challenged and is on the banned book list for racial slurs and racist stereotypes and the negative effect. I'm putting that in quotes uh, on students. This is a book that John will always pick up at the airports and read while traveling because it's just a novella. It's short. It's very readable. There's so much more to it than the stereotypes that someone has put on this story. It's It's about loneliness, companionship, the impossibility of the American dream. For some people, freedom, contentment, safety are not found in this world or not found in this America. And I love this quote by John Steinbeck. He put it in one of his um, journal entries in 1938. And it just speaks to me. In every bit of honest writing in the world, there is a base theme. Try to understand men. If you understand each other, you will be kind to each other. Knowing a man well never leads to hate and nearly always leads to love.
0: And the sound of our cheering fans means it's time for listener comments.
1: You asked our listeners which book has left the most lasting impression on you. Amanda Pages, love her, shout out to her. Uh, She answered, I still think about the book, The Last of the Really Great Wang Doodles, because of the imagination in it. I also really love the book, The Beautiful Miscellaneous, because I just like how these misfit smarties come together. Oh, I love both of those titles so Uh, much. I know, I do too. Oh my
0: goodness. Um, I also ask, how do you jumpstart your week? And Dank Writing Memes answered, Coffee. A
1: whole lot of coffee. Agreed. Well, let us know what really motivates you to read a certain title. And what are your favorite band book titles? But always check us out on Facebook and Instagram.
0: And visit us at www.bubblybibbly.com And I want to mention again that you can click on the button on the Contact Us Page and leave a voicemail for us. And I really, really want somebody, please, to test that out so yes. we can, uh, yes, so we can play it back on the show.
1: And remember, Ray Bradbury said, "There is more than one way to burn a book, and the world is full of people running around with lit matches."